fuck are you doing? Are you advertising <laughs> Bill Murray Bingo? Are you yeah. playing a game of Marco, Marco Polo? Both? <laughs> well, you can do that at the Crying Wolf. The last Wednesday of every single month. Play Bill Murray Bingo or Marco Polo. Whatever the fuck you want to do. We don't care. Let's go on down. It'll be fun. Last, no, first, nope, last Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> last Wednesday of every month at the Crying Wolf in East Nashville. You are now listening to High Five the Podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff too. Now let's join our hosts, Q and J, as they broadcast live from the writer's room. The show starts in one. That's how I'm introducing the show. Is that is that was that in your? You have the headset. I don't. That mm-hmm. that sound pretty nice. Yeah, it sounded very full. It's juicy from over here. We get a nice full richness of sound. <laughs> That's good. I'm also glad that you took the uh, the the spit cover yeah. off of your mic. I just want so it like just right full it. glory. And now, guess what? That one's yours forever. <laughs> oh, well, I already licked it previously. <laughs> okay, good. So good. it's. Claiming your so turf, it's, yeah, I like it's it. Definitely I like mine. it. It's so Unfortunately, good. though, I licked on it. I licked it after I peed on it <laughs> to mark it first. Terrible the, idea. In the hindsight, pee goes right through the little grates yeah. in there. That's in probably hi- why you you sound so dreamy. Yeah, in hindsight, um, not a great idea to pee on it then lick it to mark it for the territory. <laughs> no. Should have licked it first well, then peed on it. Hey. Order is everything. Yeah, 100%. Location, location, location. 100%. That's what I they say it. in realty and piss licking. I did it in an order that would surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, so, hey, man. Hey. Uh, first off, <laughs> hey, Jay. Hey, Q. How are you? I am. Well, I'm, I'm a little sick to my stomach now, but I'm good overall. Good. You know, I just realized as I was saying, like, hey, Jay, and you're like, hey, Q, that we kind of sound like... Um, that what were those characters from Santa, the sweaty balls? Though the uh, oh the Molly radio Shannon, station. yeah, where they're just yeah. like, hey, and uh, welcome to whatever uh, it is. fun talk with ladies. Uh, <laughs> That's not what it was. <laughs> today's guest is uh, Bob Schweierman of the, of Shwe- yeah Bob Schweddy of sweaty Sh- balls. Uh, oh, I think balls it's are delicious. Bakery is and it? He, he has like sweaty. Brownies, he's very, he's known sweaty things, but he's, they're famous for their, for their sweaty, sweaty balls. balls. Yeah, because I just can't wait to put them Are in my mouth. Are we just going to do the whole bit? Yeah, that was basically it. Welcome to uh, High Five Podcast. where <laughs> Rips we, off Saturday Night Live. <laughs> where we just ape Saturday Night Live skits for the entire hour and a half. <laughs> um, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah, but we just do them terribly. <laughs> we do basically the equivalent of... Uh, of uh what's uh, wow i can't remember his name what's captain kirk what's his name uh uh quick oh my god think no. of it <laughs> no. i almost said chris pine no <laughs> i mean yes you can't think of it can you That's william shatner uh, thank you okay from the chat so basically we're doing the chat versions you know how he does all those spoken yes. word versions of songs we're doing like rock a sp- Man. But that's like us doing Saturday Night Live skits, yeah. just drier and I'm without comedic I'm starving. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Lunch lady land. Lunch lady. Sloppy Joe. Caveman lawyer. But I'm just a caveman. <laughs> man. I'm just a cave. Man. All right. So anyway, thanks, guys, for tuning, <laughs> tuning in to SNL Chat. 
with the high immediately f- tuning out <laughs> with the high five guys. Um, no, today we've got a really kick ass episode. Speaking of things that are not available on uh, <laughs> Saturday Night Live is not available on this service, but we're we're doing a Netflix related episode. Are we now? We are. That was a weird segue. <laughs> It was. Everything leading up to this has been weird. It has been strange. It's fine. You think we should cut it or should we just go right into the titles? Fuck it. We're doing it live. Doing it live. High five. High five. Should we high five? High five. High five. High five. High five. High five, son. Woo. High five. Don't let me hang it. And we're off to the races. <laughs> Here we go. So I kind of like half-assed backwards mentioned it at the top of the episode before we break we broke for our uh, intro, um, but I'll mention it again. <laughs> Today's episode is net Netflix. It's Netflix centric. Do this whole thing. Over again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. This is great. <laughs> We're just gonna keep it in. It's me looks, that sounds like a dummy. You're fine. It looks like Jay is gonna be carrying this episode. <laughs> um. Yeah, so we're doing a Netflix-centric episode, and this one specifically is top five Netflix original series. Now, not movies. No. TV, well, we say TV yes. series, but can you say that anymore? Streaming series? Streaming series? You watch it on a TV still. That's, well, not you don't have to. You can watch it on your a sc- smartphone. A, a screen series? <laughs> <laughs> Screen streaming series? I guess. I don't know. But yes, the yeah, the multi-episode season-based shows that Netflix creates. Yes, specific. Original programming. Specific to Netflix. Because we want to make it clear, this is not just a top five best streaming series. No, because that would include like the Hulu shows. That would include right. some of the Amazon shows. Which we may do a list of those we'll down the road. Which we'll have to do. Uh, they should be taken separately because there are a lot on each platform. Well, to be, well I was going to I was gonna contradict that point. Uh, because I feel like Netflix has the, the most original oh, series. Easily. Out of any of these streaming Oh, easily. But they started services. it sooner as well. Oh, for sure. They kind of broke them. I mean, I'm not going to say none of them ever did it because some of them did. Right. But Netflix sort of broke the mold when they started creating shows. Yeah, because they were the first one to get in that television production game. Yeah. And now I could easily sit here and, and rattle off a bunch of good shows on the other networks. So For sure. Yes, Netflix has the most, but they're they're getting there. They're oh, yeah. getting high high quality. I mean, Amazon has won Emmys every single year since Transparent. They have out. a true that, and they have a, several series that I'm looking forward to. Uh, one of which being The Tick, the tick which, which is coming very we've soon. We've reviewed on the website, or we've talked about on the website, which I'm very excited about. Did you hear the the pilot season that The Tick was in? Mm-hmm. So it was The Tick. It was a Kevin Bacon show. Yeah, uh, uh, I love Dick. Yeah, I love Dick. It was that. And then there was um, another show, Jean Claude Van, yeah. or Van Johnson or something yeah. like that. And so normally, how Amazon's pilot season works is they put out like five or six pilots, then they choose the best one and they make that a full series. They did like three of them. All three of those got picked up for a yeah. series just because of how popular they were. Yeah, and yeah. I have to say we watched all of them and they were all they're pretty, pretty damn good. Good. Um, you know, Hulu. Has their you know obviously Handmaid's Tale recently, that's the big which one. is going to win 
every award ever probably for sure but i mean even some of their others the path is fantastic their 11 63 stephen king was adaptation really was great so, are they they're doing the upcoming mr mercedes as well aren't they no or what is that that's at&t audience network i don't know what that the means fuck is that i don't know and okay. i don't even know where to watch it i'm gonna watch it on a stream another streaming service okay what about uh I thought something else is coming there. Is Castle Rock? Is that a Hulu? Castle Rock is Hulu. Okay. Yeah. Which is also it's going to be looks very really interesting. Did you hear? Okay. This is not related to Netflix at all, and we haven't even touched it yet. That's but did fine. you hear that Bill Skarsgård got cast in Castle Rock? I did. As not it? Yes. So he is, so is not that, playing Pennywise. That's weird to me. Instead, he's just going to be They've in it. got to relate the characters, you think. You like, think so? Maybe he's a secret it. Or do you think it's just like they're in no way acknowledging the fact that other Stephen King works exist? No, like well, they film. have to. Their trailer is all of the stories. Like, No, no, no. I'm not saying that they're not acknowledging the stories. I'm saying are they acknowledging – like they're like, we don't care what film adaptations oh, have been done of this. This mean. is our own – this takes place in our own universe version of those stories. I – my theory – then we can get to Netflix. Okay. My theory is that it's all smoke and mirrors. So everything they've released so far, I bet all the actors are actually in it, but I bet all the stuff they've released so far is is blatantly wrong. So do you think it's going to tie into the yes. actual movies? Yes. How? But from a legal standpoint, how could they possibly get all of the rights to all of those things? I, I'm not saying maybe I'm not saying the movies per se. Okay. But so Sissy Spacek is in there. I know. Do you do you think she's going to be Carrie? I I don't know. But what I'm saying is that J.J. Abrams is behind this. I mean that's true. How he much is information the king of misleading? How much information do we ever get about J.J. Abrams projects? I mean, for the longest time, Benedict Cumberbatch and they all swore up and down he was this other character. When of course he was con. he was con. Of course he was. But they went on a whole press tour to talk about this other character that he was. Mud or something yeah, like that. J.J. Yeah. Abrams does this. That's so true. So cast Bill Skarsgård tells he's like an insurance salesman in Castle Rock. Right. And turns out, nope, secret demon. Right. <laughs> it's not the same How it. many times has that happened yeah. to you? Just, boop, You think it's demon. just like, oh, shit, secret demon again. <laughs> Damn it. But yeah, so he comes up and he's the clown. He's not maybe in the same makeup as the movie. Right. But he's the clown. Toby it's, at work, secret demon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new show, Secret Demon. So we just go around to different public places exposing and call <laughs> secret demons. It's like frailty, but with a lot less murder. Yeah, instead we just like jokingly like publicly shame them. Yes. Demon. Hey, secret demon. Hey, I don't know if anybody knows this, but this guy right here, secret demon. He's like, no, no, I'm not. For That's sure. just what a secret demon would say. Yeah. Of course they're going to deny it. They can't let you know they're a secret. <laughs> you know, the only way a demon cannot be demon is if he cuts off his own arm in front of you. You got to do it. You got to do it. Clearly if, a secret if you, demon. If you don't, you're obviously a demon. Yeah, secret demon. Secret demon. <laughs> I like this Amazing. Show. Me too. You know, what, you know what a good network for that show would be? Netflix. Netflix. Solid segue. Thank I saw you. it coming. I'm and glad I, you did. You picked, picked up the ball. Up. I sure did. So um, we're talking about the top five best Netflix Yeah, shows. I did want to mention something about Netflix since we were talking about streaming services in general and how Netflix was kind of the first to get into the uh, original programming game as far as, uh, as streaming far as services go. Right. Um, I remember still thinking the stigma for me around 
when they were announcing like, oh, this show is going to be produced by Netflix for Netflix. I was like, that's going to be garbage. <laughs> I think everyone kind of like that. no, no way in my mind were they going to pr- produce some like actual quality television. Right. Anything like it was just going to be like, oh, this is, you know, some cheapy ripoff of whatever. Yeah. And. Instead, now what's funny is my perspective has changed so much so that any time that I hear something is coming on Netflix, I immediately think quality. Right. I'm like, this is going to be fucking good. Which, and let's be honest, is kind of inaccurate. It's kind of a misnomer. It's true, because there's a lot of shit on there. Yes, Netflix plays the numbers game really well. For sure. They, you know, we mentioned earlier they have the most shows. A lot of that is because they release like seven or eight a month under the radar. Like, we've obviously heard of Stranger Things 2 for like a year now because of how big the first one was. But, you know, you're not hearing about all those other shows that are just like, you know, Garage Band Boyfriends or whatever. Right. But they're there. They're all over the place. So they put out 20 shows. One of them is great. To be fair, that's how that new show, uh, The Ranch, happened. The Ranch was out for a season. That's that Ashton Kutcher show, um, Sam Elliott show. So the first season, they, they like, quietly released it mid-month. Like, nobody talked about it. But then people started watching it and really getting into it. Right. I don't know why. Because yeah, it's not great. It's not great, and I hate Ashton Kutcher. Really? Yeah. See, I go back and forth on him. I don't like his movies, but I actually really liked him in that '70s show. That's the only thing I yeah. liked him in. Um, Butterfly Effect. No. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like Butterfly Effect. That's he's pretty I, good I, I in that. I may have lied a little. He's bit. He's pretty good in that Steve Jobs movie. I haven't seen that. He's a- pretty good as in that. Steve Jobs. Yeah. Um, and also, I will say, as a person, I seem to like him. Like all the tech startups like that he, he seems funds, like and all the stuff that he does, like with his personal, like time. a good dude. Yeah, all weirdly right. so. Well, but anyway, the my show point is to not that good. Was like, was that you know, it flew under the radar, but it became very popular with a lot of people. And so, the second season of it, Netflix did a real like publicity push for yeah. it. You know what I mean? Um, Which is kind of crazy though, because the fact that that show was coming out. It was a multi-cam, like, standard sitcom, which they don't really do a lot of. No. And then it had Sam Elliott, Ashton Kutcher, and Danny Masterson. Right. That's That feels like something you'd want a huge push behind. Right. Like, that's a big deal show. Right. Like, if that were on Fox, we'd have heard about it for a year. Oh, for sure. There'd be merchandise. Oh, yes. People would be buying ranches. <laughs> It'd be just like in uh, Nashville. That's exactly what would happen. Yeah. It'd be like the Szechuan sauce effect from Rick and Morty. Like, <laughs> Which I cannot believe they sent a gallon suddenly of it to Justin Roiland. Did you read amazing. the whole letter thing, too, that came with it? That was like... I didn't read all of it, no. The, the, the McDonald's chef or whatever that made it for him. They basically put together this whole like really long letter that ties into the Rick and Morty verse that was like, this is from Dimension <laughs> C1998, where it is perpetually 1998. Nice. And they're like, we could only get this much Szechuan sauce out of the portal in time because we couldn't leave it open. Otherwise, other por- or other universes would be flooded with boy bands, frosted <laughs> tips, and like all this stuff. It was super clever, and I was nice. like, that's Good for really them. fucking funny. Good f- Mc- I'll tell you, job, McDonald's, McDonald's. McDonald's marketing team is, is on point. They are on point, um, for sure. Some may say they're loving it. Yeah. So anyway, Netflix. We're <laughs> we're just way off topic on this episode, which is fine. We tend to do that from time to time. 
Um, kind of we we yeah. much we operate much like Netflix does in the <laughs> sense that we just throw out like twenty jokes, twenty things, and we just see what works yeah. and what's what sticks. Now speaking of, this is actually one question that I want to ask because I know you watch some Hulu shows. Um, yeah. you were big in Handmaid's Tale, so was I, and then Netflix shows as well. Netflix and Hulu have different distribution cycles. And I'm curious how, like, which side you fall on. Do you like the release the whole season at the same time Netflix model? Or do you like the one episode a week more standard programming, like Hulu feel? Um, you want to know something weird? Sure. Um, I, am, I think there's value in both. I am There is. I am more likely, if it is a new show, like something that I am not highly anticipating right so like handmaid's tale when it came out i was already anticipating right it. it was something i had i was interested in from the trailers i had a bunch of friends that read the book so i mean anything elizabeth moss in, is in i'm gonna always keep my eye on it okay i wouldn't go that far but sure man um, madman top of the lake this yeah uh, I mean, that's fine i've never seen is, top of the lake Ooh, you gotta see top of the lake but um <laughs> but uh, so my point is, is for Netflix, I think it, it has an inherent problem, at least where me as a viewer is concerned. If it's a new show that I, it's just kind of an under the radar, the odds of me finishing an entire series, if it is all available to me at one time, right. is very slim. I tend to watch two or three episodes, and then if I'm not feeling it, I never come back to it. Right. Whereas sometimes with the weekly distribution model, I'll watch an episode and because I'm I may not be sold necessarily on the first episode but it's piqued me enough that I'm right. like okay I'll watch the next one when it comes out. By that point I've already invested 2 weeks worth of time into it. Right. So then it kind of in a weird way like hooks me. Like I'm it like incentivizes I'm, you. Yeah, I'm like I'm I, well I've already invested this much time in it like let's right. see where it's going, you know what I mean? Right. I'm whereas, not doing anything else Wednesday night. Yeah, whereas with like Netflix, like I said, if I watch two or three back to back to back and I'm not feeling it, then I genuinely just like jump ship and never right. come back and it may get great by the end of this the season or It's whatever. funny that you say that I have almost the same preference slash pattern, but almost for a different reason. Okay. So I find that happens with me as well. I almost prefer the weekly distribution because it allows me to schedule things. And okay. I'm meticulous in that manner. It's like, you know, with, with the baby and, and the job and everything that we do, you know, it's it's nice to have a schedule. So sure. when I'm like, okay, well, every Wednesday I'm going to watch one episode of this. Every Thursday I'm going to watch one episode of this. Every Friday we're going to catch up on this. If, like, let's say Orange is the New Black releases an entire season, I have to have hours upon hours of open time to watch them, knowing sure. that I'm going to want to. But if it's on a weekly thing, then I find myself scheduling my time for that. So if Wednesday night's open, I'm like, well, let's watch the show that comes out on Wednesday as opposed to watching more of the show that's always there. And so I end up doing the same thing, not finishing Netflix series or not finishing shows that we're quote unquote binge watching because I'm sticking to a pattern of watching the shows that get released weekly. Okay. And so that makes sense. And so it's it's weird because I find myself in my mind, I'm like, Oh yeah, of course. I would love I love everything at the same time because I think of examples like when we had an open weekend and we wa watched, you know, all of Santa Clarita diet or something. Right. Sure. Um and it's like, yeah, that's great, because if I want to watch the next episode, if there's a cliffhanger, I don't have to wait. But in re in practicality and reality, not so nope. much. The other way. So 
that brings us to the fact that we have now decided to take the Netflix form of release and rank the yes. shows that they have put out via their binge watch platform. Yes. And so I am very curious to know what made your list. <laughs> I'm glad out of the three million <laughs> shows that Netflix has put out since they started producing streaming content. I'm glad you phrased it the way that you did because as you know, I had a tough time narrowing down to five because there are a lot that I really enjoy that Netflix puts out. I mean, hell, before the show, right before we started recording, you were changing your list around. Same. Yeah, for you were sure. Double, you I'm were still second-guessing second guessing it. <laughs> I'm still like looking at my list as we're preparing to discuss it, and I'm like, shit. As we've talked, I've heard us talk about shows, and I'm like, fuck. I yep. should have mentioned fuck. that. I didn't. That's even, oh, oh, honorable mention or whatever. Right. But, yeah, so mine, I can second-guess to a degree. But I'm pretty solid on my five. All right. Now, let's go ahead and put out – I'm going to put out a disclaimer at the top of my list. Okay. Or I'll put it out now, but this is for my list, and I have a feeling yours may be similar. Uh Uh-huh. My disclaimer is that obviously due to the amount of content on Netflix, I have not watched all of the Netflix original series that are available. Yes. So I can say that this list is definitively – the shows that I have watched and the shows that I believe to be the best in the order that I, that I feel that they fit, but it is not nearly like perfect example. You and I discussed, I'm going to go ahead and put this out there. Not on my list. It may be on yours. House of cards. I haven't watched enough of it to say that it was a great show that I love. I know that there will be a ton of people that are listening to this episode. Like it's the best. Yeah, that are like, well, how can you have a top five right. and not have that? Your list can't even qualify. That, that folks, is because I do things responsibly. <laughs> and I refuse, I refuse to say something is good if I haven't seen it. Well, I appreciate that disclaimer. Let me add one of my own. That is also true. What you said is true for me. But I've also included shows I haven't finished. Okay. So if I haven't seen all of it, I'm not going to put it on my list. I, I did that, that as well. Having said that, House of Cards is on my honorable mentions because I've only seen three seasons of it. And which is, which I've is totally. I missed the last two. So I couldn't in good conscience put it on there, even though I know probably it may be the best quality show sure. that's on there. With skill of writing, skill of cinematography, skill but, of everything. But I haven't seen it all. So it's not on there. mine was default like yeah. that because Kimmy Schmidt's like that for me as well. Yep. I love Kimmy Schmidt, Kimmy but Schmidt's I haven't on, seen the last yep. season. Kimmy Schmidt's not on my list for the exact same reason. It is I think it is a though. hilarious show, but to be fair, they're all honorable mentions. <laughs> that, I mean, that's kind of true. <laughs> I have, I mean, there were so many, and if you don't have them on your list, I'm going to mention a few that are honorable mentions later mm-hmm. because yeah, cause we've, we've yeah. learned. There are some, though, that I would I would be heartbroken if we got through this episode and didn't mention. So, anyway, top five. Is it Puss in Boots? No, it's not. Uh, It's neither. It's none of their DreamWorks spinoff shows. It's not The Croods, the series. No, it's not The Croods, the series. It's not um, Legends of Dragon Racing. It's not Turbo, the snail show. No, that's the other one I was going to mention. Kung Fu Panda. That one's terrible. The the Turbo one is awful. (laughs) Well, to be fair, it was made off of an awful movie. (laughs) Like, that was the first time that I was like, DreamWorks, why? Like, nobody even t- saw Turbo. What are you talking about? <laughs> They're like, we, off of our hit, our smash hit 
movie turbo. It's almost like contractually obliged now whenever DreamWorks comes up with a show that Netflix gets a spinoff of it. Because every series they have has a spinoff. Now, I will say this. um, The Dragon Show, not bad. I really like How to Train Your Dragons. Really? Yeah. They also have a Mr. Peabody I didn't watch that. I also didn't watch the new movie. It's okay. Not not awful. I also not was not like a huge fan of. It's oh, not man. like I'm a diehard Peabody and Sherman fan. I I was a big Rocky and Bullwinkle fan. Were you? Yeah, and when, they were when you grew up in the 60s. Yeah, and they were interstitials in those. <laughs> no, my dad showed them to me, but I really liked them. Anyway, okay, the top, Netflix, the top five will you, list. Will you give me? Your, will you stop distracting yes. us? Okay. I'm solely no. Hold on. I'm solely blaming you <laughs> for us going so far off topic this entire episode. <laughs> Jay. Oh. Get your shit together. I would. You know what? You know what? Put your shit in a backpack. <laughs> Get it all Get it. up together. I don't care. And what then you... put it in a storage unit where it's all together with the rest of your shit. Because I'm not taking the blame for this one. You know this what? It's all on you. You know what, Jay? Just get your shit together. <laughs> all right. You know what? My shit. I'll give you my number five. Give me your number five shit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number five. The I think the fifth best show that Netflix is Element. It, no. <laughs> Jessica f- Jones. Uh, okay. From 2015. All right. I. I thought Christian Ritter was really, really good in the character. But the reason that I think the reason for me that it's number five is right. that it has possibly the best Marvel villain in the whole Marvel universe of movies and David Tennant. Uh, yes. David Tennant of Doctor Who fame for you. Mm-hmm. But his Kilgrave mm-hmm. is so fucked, so fucked, so scary. And just the way that, his power is so astounding in the right. show and just his ease of use and his morality levels. But he's like such a, a complex character right. that throughout the course of the show, like this, the show turns into basically the second half of the season is Kristen Ritter and David Tennant together. Right. And it sort of gets really, really deep on like the layers of, you know, abusive relationships and control and, let me let me ask you a question. Brave choice on Netflix's part to have Kristen Ritter play her same character from Breaking Bad. Um, I thought it was brave that Kristen Ritter played uh, actually left Breaking Bad to do Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment Twenty Three, and then moved to this, and it was the same character throughout. Yeah, I thought it was pretty. So yeah. basically, Kristen Ritter is just being Kristen Ritter. Yeah, all the time. All the time. Which I is totally fine. I think she has a bit of the Michael. This Sarah. is this is just uh, this is just like real strong, Chris Ritter. Yes. Well, and that was kind of another thing about the show that I did like is that yes, she has superpowers, but they don't focus too much on that. Right. Obviously, because you know David Tennant's bad guy doesn't matter how strong she is. Totally. And so I thought I just. I don't know. The layers of that show, the, how good the writing was, the cliffhangers were like really, really intense. Yeah. Um, so I do like how they basically made her like, this is like the Hancock of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know oh, my I mean? God. I didn't even think about that. But yeah. Yeah. She's just like a reluctant superhero <laughs> who is just like, fuck it. I Living don't care. Living in Jason Bateman's basement. <laughs> totally. Just like, I don't care. I fucking hate everything. You're all pieces of shit. But by the way, I could like kill you with a finger punch. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I love it when I say things and I just see your face light up. Like <laughs> that's amazing. Yes. So yeah, Netflix Hancock, Mrs. Hancock, mm-hmm. is uh is my number five favorite Netflix. Don't show. Google Mrs. Hancock. <laughs> no, please don't. It's gonna it's gonna pull up something completely unrelated. I can almost <laughs> guarantee it. 
but that's my number five. That's I like it. I okay. liked that show a lot. I will. I'm, I can go ahead and say it's not on my list. Um, but honorable mention though. Maybe? Yeah, totally. You know, I'm a big yeah. comic book fan. Totally. And uh, uh, for sure, Marvel got in like deep bed, way under the covers with Netflix. Like they are, they are producing the shit out of some Marvel content. And almost, huh, almost all of them are good. Yes, almost. all of them. We should do a follow-up episode for this of top five worst Netflix series. We I have a feeling a Marvel series might I, be on there. I I have a feeling one might be as well. But uh, it's it's kind of interesting. Like before we jump off of Jessica Jones, um, because it's not on my list, I'd like to talk about it just just a hot second. Um, I find it really interesting that uh, basically Marvel, what they did with Netflix, is so Marvel has produced what is it? Five series now, including the Defenders. So we've got Daredevil one and two. Yep. Got Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, and then the Defenders. and then Defenders. So six series in total yep. so far that they've put out. In addition to Marvel, of course, has done stuff like Agent Carter and the right. Shield TV series. Now, what I find super interesting is Marvel, who is now kind of known for making these like encapsulated universe right. shows. Um. The Netflix stuff really feels like a world of its own. Like it even though it d- it does, they do reference stuff in the movies. Right. It's a it's a very like light reference, but also they have gone they have used the Netflix platform to go a lot darker. Yes. Like with their storylines. Well, especially I mean, Daredevil is incredibly violent and and bloody for sure. Um, uh, Jessica Jones is very very subversive and and very. Um, very sexual. Yes. Like a lot of like, yeah. I mean, spoiler alert for the series. When Luke Cage shows up, there is a really intense sex scene they between get, super get, powerful Luke Jones. They get Luke to Cage. super bang in real fast. They do. And, and you're like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Like I didn't think about that, but yeah, like two superhuman people just fucking wailing just on each other. Um, but it, they've, I feel like Netflix or Marvel is really using Netflix right. as kind of their, their adult right area you know what i mean they're well, like if you want to see some like some like some marvel shit. shit but you want to see some marvel shit with maybe a little side booby right you know <laughs> or maybe maybe there's some, a lot of side boob in may, jessica jones and in uh luke cage maybe shane from the walking dead shoving like wooden sticks through people's like faces and shit oh, like yeah. that if you want to see uh if you want to see um Edgar from Men in Black fucking smash a dude's head off in a car door. Which is awesome. Amazing. Um, I like that I'm only referring to people as their characters <laughs> yes. from other things. Hopefully people are following your threads. I hope so. Vincent D'Onofrio is what I meant with that last one. You don't one. have to explain it. And what was the first guy's name? Uh, the Punish- The new Punisher? Oh, I don't know. I just call him Shane. Yeah, I'm like, hey, oh, John Bernthal. John Bernthal. Old John Johnny Bernthal. Bernthal. Yeah. Um, which, can I say too, not Jessica Jones related, but motherfuck, was he an awesome Punisher. He's like, my favorite Punisher that in the shit whole was universe. Amazing. He goes so far past Thomas Jane and some of those others. Like, and once again, like I said, with Marvel and Netflix, they let it go brutal. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's that scene in that prison oh, in that's the, the second season of Daredevil. That may be the best scene in the whole. Where he's series. just he just takes out a whole hallway. A whole hallway. It was it's basically the raid. Yes. Like they were like Marvel was like you know what I want to do the raid. And Bernthal was so great in that scene, too, because they opened the doors basically so he could be killed. And he just kind of stands up 
And he's like, all right, we're doing this. Like cracks his neck on his shoulders and just proceeds like to murder feet. everyone. Yeah. He punishes them. He sure. Nice. Ah. I see what you did there. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but yeah, so that was it. I just wanted to kind of put in my two cents yeah. on, on the Marvel side of things. Well, with but Netflix. That, I, mean, I find that very interesting. It's, it's very interesting, though, because all you're right. All the Netflix shows really do have that thing. You know, Daredevil went super violent, you know, where most Marvel movies aren't. Um, and they deal with violence and Jessica Jones deals with sexism and, and is very sexual. And Luke Cage is just wrought with, you know, racial, racial issues and storylines. And then, you know, Iron Fist is all about the whitewashing of Hollywood. So it's pretty great, um, to see them all come together. And then, the whitewashing. Yeah. and then, uh, and then obviously, you know, Sigourney Weaver is in, uh, is in Defenders. So that's fun too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. Ripley, <laughs> That was a character. I wonder if people will shout at her like they do Hootie. <laughs> Hootie. Like Darius Harder. Hootie! And he's oh. like, my name's not Hootie. You know he hates that? I would I would imagine like, so. Well, because he's now a country artist. Oh, under yeah, the name I know. Darius Rucker. We're in Nashville, yeah, man. Yeah, I know. Um, but he like gets livid when people call him Hootie. Hootie! Hootie. Did you ever see that Key and Peele sketch? No. It's just basically uh, Peele... Uh, on stage is Darius Rucker and he's just at a concert and people will not stop calling him <laughs> Hootie and they're like do Hootie hey Hootie sing some Hootie sing us some of your songs with the blowfish and he's like I'm not Hootie and the whole thing and basically the sketch just ends with him like breaking down in tears <laughs> and being like I'm Hootie <laughs> and like stage diving while singing like whatever that I want to hold your hand song right. No, I have funny. not seen that. Yeah, it's super funny. But anyway, okay, number so, five, that was a solid choice. Yeah. Jessica Jones. My number four, mm-hmm. Master of None. Mm-hmm. Great show. With Aziz Ansari. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this show caught me so off guard. I will go ahead and say, because I want to talk about it with you, uh, it is my number three. So a little spoiler for ahead of the series, it, but I want to talk about it with you. It, I debated. This is one I second-guessed. It bounced around on my list a couple times just because it's – that good but it's also one of those shows where if i'm in the mood to watch it it's like my favorite thing that's ever existed but if i'm just like lazing around I'm like uh, maybe not because it's a little deeper you know which is just, weird yes because on surface you would not think aziz ansari is going to make this like, like low-key louis-esque very Louis-esque. Yeah. It definitely takes a, a lot of its notes from that yeah. kind of dealing with real-world problems, real-world relationships. But it does have, every once in a while, especially because Eric Warheim is in yeah. it, um, sometimes it does have this very like bizarre, like yeah. over-the-top kind of feel to it, but while still dealing with very like real yeah. shit. Well, that's the thing is it's not like a standard comedy. It's more in the vein of like what I would call art house comedy. Mm-hmm. And but it's it's really, really funny because it's not afraid to go super silly. And it really holds no character in esteem. Like Aziz can easily be made the fool of. He's m- most often wrong, but not for like comedic gain. He's just wrong because he's a human. And then Eric Warheim is super weird and. All of his friends have their things, but everything feels so realistic, yet otherworldly kind of at the same time. I mean, in the very opening scene of the first episode of the series, it's him sleeping with a woman, and then 
basically him coming inside of her and yeah. realizing that they and so the first they few minutes Uber. are them g- ubering to the pharmacy to buy basically the, a plan, plan b yeah. and but while dealing with a subject matter that's actually kind of heavy and super uncomfortable yeah it's it's funny like yeah. the way that they're handling it is funny i i'll never forget one of my favorite things is is they hand the pharmacist hands them the plan b and Aziz takes it from the girl. He's like, no, no, on me, my treat. <laughs> like, and it's just yeah. that little bit of like, that's pretty fucking funny. Well, like, and that, that applies to something. One of the other reasons I, I truly love this show is that the dialogue and the way the performances are done is it doesn't feel like a television show. It feels like little asides that Aziz would probably give in real life. Oh, you know? yeah, I could totally and agree so with that. And it, so it has this unbelievably natural feel while still being a little off center. Totally. And, but I like that because they use it to their advantage to talk about very serious things. Oh, like, 100%. You know, like sexism, uh, racism, because the they're dealing with the, the fact that he's a Indian mm-hmm. comic. And even like some, not even hot button issues, but just like how, you know, people approach and think about elderly people or what, you know, families who may be immigrants, you know, deal with or, what they think of, or like what are important to them and how cultures kind of merge. And it's really, really interesting. I will say, um, if you really liked this and I know we talked about it before the show earlier, if you like this show, I cannot, I can continue to not recommend, um, the big sick enough. Oh, I, I can't wait to see ver- it. It totally feels like it could easily be a sister piece right. to this kind of show. It, I cannot wait to see that movie, and I feel like that's going to be one where just it, it it scratches that itch of I want something funny that's realistic, that's relatable, that's serious. I kind of dig that there's been a real trend in that right. lately. I would say, honestly, one of the people that I think you turned me on to uh-huh. has kind of made this kind of thing his bread and butter um, and I believe I'm getting this right when I say it. Is it Mike Berbiglia? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's basically his M.O. Yeah. So he basically tells he's a storyteller. He is fantastic. Who tells stories that sometimes deal with very serious, yeah. real subject matter, but with this kind of comedic yeah. flow to it. Actually, since we're talking about Netflix, let me make a recommendation. Okay. He has a Netflix comedy special called Thank God for Jokes, and it's incredible. Okay. And it's literally it's an hour long comedy special, and he tells like five stories. Interesting, and it's great. But wouldn't you say that that's kind of the yeah. same this same like trend of? I was actually going to reference one of his movies as an example of like, well, it kind of feels like Don't Think Twice. Okay, yeah, yeah. Or he also has another movie called Sleepwalk with Me, which is very much in this vein as well. I like so, that trend recently of these oh, yeah. like. Very comedic personalities doing these kind of introspective yeah. and small shows. Well, we mentioned Louie already, and I think that's a great example because I can tell – you can tell a lot of Master of None gets pulled from – you know, it's like Aziz's take on Louie's show. Right. And I don't mean that as a slight. No. Because one of the, the notes that I have about Master of None is the show actually changed my opinion of Aziz Ansari. I will also agree with because that. Because – he has such a public persona. Like his stand-up is a certain way. Usually, the characters that he plays in movies, like Parks and are Rec. Certain, yep, Parks and Rec. Honestly, have you ever seen this? Here's what I always think about: Have you ever seen the movie Funny People? Uh, no. The Judd Apatow, I Adam Sandler. Not. He plays a stand-up comic in that movie that is basically a heightened and less successful version of himself. 
but he just comes on stage and he just screams and he just like screams and like yells made up catchphrases and everyone loves him. And that's how I've always felt about Aziz. Like you don't, you don't have the best jokes. Like you're just kind of a goofy oddball character, but then, you know, seeing the stuff that he's done, like the book that he put out on the, like the relationship research master, like the stuff that he is behind and actually does is incredibly yeah, well done was... and smart and and it, it watching this solidified for me. I was like, okay, no, I was wrong about him. Yeah, no, I mean, when I was doing research for this too, um, like I said, because it, it's on my list at, at my number three, um, it blew me away because he not only wrote, I think, at, I don't know if it was all of the episodes, but the majority him, of them. Him and Alan co-wrote. Yang did most but of them. But then he directed. Yeah, and, and starred in. Again, Louie. And it's really impressive. Like, but especially on this show, like Louie is to a degree, mm-hmm. but this show is actually pretty beautifully shot, like really well filmed. Well, and that's another thing that there's so many layers to this show, which is why it floundered on my list so much. But um, like if you really delve into it and you're, and you're looking at like, I love the episode in the first season that I think it's just called Saturday Mornings. And the whole episode is like a three minute chunk out of like eight or nine Saturday, Saturday mornings, mornings in a row. Yeah. And it's now like them living together and it's those snapshots and kind of seeing the relationship deteriorate a little bit. Right. And it's just so artistically done and beautiful. And it's like, wow, that was really a cool way to do that. Yeah. And then, you know, the way, spoiler alert, the way the season ends with this, you know, will they, won't they couple both landing in a place where they won't they, but it's good for both of them. And sure. then he just sort of run leaves the country. basically. Yeah. And that's where the second season picks up. And even that one, especially um, you can definitely see it in the first episode. The first episode, of the second season is completely black and white. It's completely black and white. It's an homage to perfect strangers. It is. And the, and there's a graduate homage in there and it's beautiful. Yeah. Like, it's amazingly shot. And on location in Italy. So they shot all of these. Well, the first, at least the first two episodes take place in Italy. But um, the second one, too, I mean, with him and and Eric. Yeah. Just driving around the Italian countryside. It's almost like sideways, but not as passive aggressive. Yeah, no, definitely. (laughs) I mean, 100 percent. But yes, so I totally can get on board with your number four. It was one spot higher for me. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, definitely. I think, and, and I know I always say this, but the reason the top three, the reason this floundered around is because I honestly think it's a better show than some of the ones I've listed above it, but I can enjoy them quicker, more, more often and would go back to faster. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like, I don't sure. have to be in a specific mood to watch any of these. Right. So no. that's the only reason that there's three higher because I think this is one of the best shows on television, not just oh, on Netflix. Agreed. So totally. That's solid. my five and four. Give it to me again. Okay. So yeah, we did we did flounder. Uh, my number five is Jessica Jones. Yeah. Marvel's Jessica Jones. And my number four is Master of None. Love it. Now I want to hear your five and four. No, we already know your three, but we'll come back. Little and do my old three. Q. Yeah. You want to hear my little old list? I do. All right. Well, we'll I'll kick it off. Get right into it. Number five is with Bob and David. Nice. I fucking love Mr. Show. I have to say that at this moment, 
I am extremely upset with myself. For not putting this show on there? Yep. Because I, I know how much you for, love them. I forgot about it. It's <laughs> such a good show. This and would, it's, it's only four episodes. This would probably be, and that might be a reason I would knock it off too, but this is going to be one of my highest honorable mentions. It is such a good show. It is such a good show, and, um, you know, um, David Cross and uh, Bob Odenkirk are two of the funniest, I think, people I agree. Ever. But not even that, but smartest. Yeah, oh, definitely. They're, they're so smart. And together, they are one of my favorite comedy duos right. ever. And I love that they brought back most of like the writers and the production crew for Mr. Show totally. to do this. And the only reason that it wasn't called Mr. Show is they couldn't get the rights. Right, so that's why it's called With Bob yeah. and David. It's the other is Mr. Show with Bob and David. With Bob now, and David, now right. Just, now it's just with Bob and David. They couldn't get Mr. Show, so they just left the Which rest. is just a joke in itself, yes. which is also hilarious. Yes. Um, but uh, for those of you who have not seen Mr. Show, I highly recommend going back. It was an HBO show you, back you, in the day. You can't get a higher recommendation. You can pick it up on DVD. It's fucking hilarious. Sketch comedy at its best. One of my, and I know this isn't with Bob and David, but I want to say one of my favorite sketches from Mr. Show that I will never forget is, uh, is uh, I, th- I believe it's, yeah, it's uh, Bob is taking a date to, or David Cross is taking a date to a fancy like French uh-huh. restaurant and they where they're doing everything for you. And he says he has to go to the bathroom <laughs> and they bring him a box <laughs> to shit in in while not leaving the chair. And I just remember he has one of the best deliveries where he's like, no, 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 let me get this straight. You want me to shit in a box. And I don't know why that stuck with me. It's just one of my favorite things. Um, I think I think one of my favorite Mr. Show sketches is the one where the episode starts. I think it's like at a laundromat or something. And he asked to speak to the manager and the rest of the episode is them doing skits of them calling further and further up the oh the the, the chain. chain of command <laughs> yes yeah, yeah and there's like every time they call there's another little skit that goes on and then somebody has to call up higher and then there's it goes in there's another little skit and there's the through line of the whole episode and so, I loved that one well so that actually brings in a very good point so this show was had something that's a little bit different than Mr. Show. In the sense that each of these episodes was basically like a, a daisy chain of skits. Right. So each skit kind of led into the other skit. Whereas uh, Mr. Show was a little more kind of just, yeah. just stream of consciousness. They had lines, though. They definitely did. But this is like directly yes. like this skit leads into this skit. That leads into this skit. That leads into this skit that actually brings it back to the beginning. Right. And is a whole, like, interconnected thing. Um, but even from their bit on this, on um, about the real-time time machine. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That fucking killed me. And they're like, it's a, it's a real, it's a real time machine. And they're like, no, it's a real time time machine. Yeah. <laughs> so it had you, been, you had like, it set 20 to, years or whatever. You had it set to real time. <laughs> And the fact that they get out of it and they have like the beards yeah. and they've like shit all on the inside <laughs> of it. But the whole thing is just amazing. They're like, wow, this is crazy. Um, but even that, it's just a perfect example of the, kind of their level of humor. Um, but 
It is, it is unfortunately only four episodes. I think they're four half hour episodes. Yeah. So it's really only two hours short, worth of yeah. content. Um, and I think it, they've in interviews they've said they plan on doing more at some point. Um, I but hope it's so. it's not it's not like yeah something that's real prevalent because I of mean, course you've what got what they made is kind of this perfect entity too. So I, I mean they're all doing successful stuff. I mean you've got Bob who's doing Better Call Saul. Yeah. You've got David Cross who's doing all the Chipmunk sequels so. and the rest of Development. Right. Uh, season but five. mostly the Chipmunk but sequels. But mostly the Chipmunk sequels. Um, Warheim is on Master of None. Exactly. Um, so it is, it is a, um, it is a powerhouse of comedy. Yeah. Though. Um, but at, so that's why it's at my number five. Now it's at my number five as well because of the shortness of the series. Yeah. So I don't really want to qualify it as like, it's, it's almost like a really series. good two hour special. It is. <laughs> it's like a really good comedy stand up special. Yeah. Um, so I did kind of feel like I was cheating the system a little bit on this one, but and there is another one on my list that I feel like I'm cheating the system a little bit on. <laughs> okay. Uh, but technically speaking, it can count. Okay. So that's my number five is with Bob and Dan. I like it a lot. I love it. I recommend everybody go check it out. Um, all right. So my number four then is really shifting gears, and that is going to be Making a Murderer. Nice. That's one of my honorable mentions. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't include some sort of documentary on a, on a Netflix list, if there's one of the things that Netflix does the greatest, and maybe it's just sheer volume of options of documentaries, but they always seem to have really, really solid documentary. selection. I would agree with that. Um, I, I will say, you know, and I have all of the streaming services as we were talking earlier, Mm. And I would say that nine times out of ten, when I'm in the mood to watch a documentary, which is pretty often, I, yeah. I really like documentaries, I'm going to check out what Netflix has first because usually their selection is really interesting. Oh, it's great. They have really good, um, well-done documentaries. Now, aside from that, if there's one thing I love more than just a good old-fashioned documentary, it's murder. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> so... This one was one that I remember kind of the cultural buzz. Like when it, when right. it first came out, everybody's like, it was a real word of mouth, like around right. the water cooler. At work. It almost kind of felt like the podcast serial. Totally. It's like everyone just kind People of started like, murmuring hey, about it. And you would see like a BuzzFeed list right. about it, or you would hear someone mention it somewhere. And you'd be like, huh, that's like the eighth time I've heard that this week. And then it legitimately exploded yeah. into like a phenomenon to the point where some of the people that are involved in this show, like some of the lawyers that are featured, are now on like consistent speaking engagements, yeah. like just traveling around as the lawyers yeah. from well, not, a murder. Not only that, is it had real world effects because the people of the shows about like got appeals because of this, the, the younger, the cousin just recently got released, which wasn't going to happen. Oh, uh, Dassey. Yeah. Brendan Dassey. So, yeah. but see, that's one of the things. So speaking of this show, so it takes a very, and I think what, what, what made it a very good show and very interesting was it took a central character um, who is kind of an unlikable dude. Yeah. Like he, they give you right off the top, they give you his, um, his background and, you know, he's been known for like murdering animals and he's basically the town scumbag and he's just this real kind of shitty dude. And then somehow they managed to flip your sympathies 
for him to the point where um, because they portray the police department in, during this murder investigation right. to be so incompetent, yeah. but then also so vindictive that somehow they make you care about this very unlikable right. guy. And you're like, wow, no, 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 fuck this. Like, this is injustice. Like, he did these other things, but he shouldn't be in jail for this. Right. And so, um, I don't know. It just really ca- – I mean, yeah. it in- – it engaged me. I can say that there were two other uh, c- true crime document docu series that I watched mm-hmm. um, that have ever affected me this much, and that would be the Jinx the, from, the Jinx HBO, from HBO. Was crazy, which is fucking amazing. But that one's a milestone because they things were happening yes. in real time as that was airing. Yes, yeah. Um, and then the second one would be the um, I think it's called The Stairs. Have you seen this? Check uh-huh. it out. It's a docu series. Okay. That one is also groundbreaking um, because basically the stairs is a is another high profile murder case. Um, it was a celebrity. I can't remember who. Um, but the what's groundbreaking about that is they actually allowed the documentary crew to film the trial and the case starting from like immediately after the murder wow so like they're in looking at the crime scene while there's still blood on the floor where so, is like, that a netflix show uh it is not it, oh. is, it was um i, th- I want to say it was like a, a french canadian like oh, production okay look it up okay it's called the it's either the stairs or the stairwell okay but it's fucking amazing i will i will definitely watch it i'll say i'd add to that list the um Last year's OJ docu series, uh, the People vs OJ. No, that was the FX drama series, which is very very good. They had an ESPN did like a six part docu series about like his rise, his like kid years, his rise through college, his his NBA, his fame, and then his downfall, and then like up to the current day. And it's incredibly engaging. Interesting. So I I highly recommend that one as a true crime one as well. So anyway, so, so making murder. Love that. Love that choice. It's high on my honorable mentions because I have it bolded because this is one of the ones I desperately wanted us to right. talk about. And I don't want to give too much away because this one is one where like if you haven't seen it, definitely it's, go watch it. It's worth going into blind. Um. So yeah. So that's my number five was with Bob and David, and my number four is making a murderer. I love it. Well, we already know you're number three, but I say we'll take a quick break. Yep. And we'll come back, and I'll do my three, two, and one. We'll do your two. And hut, hut, ready, hut, hut, break. I tried to be nice, all right? But now you're going to have to deal with my partner. No more coffee, no more smokes. I get it. You're the asshole cop. Yeah. Wait, what? He said I was an asshole. <laughs> Well, we're gonna do a sketch show. Plenty of sexy stuff. I know that's your number one thing. Am I gonna get to jerk off later? Yes, you will. This fall, Bob Odenkirk and David Gross have a reputation. That's good, right? For smart comedy. Could you not eat while handling my clean? Could you not come in when I'm in the middle of my brunch? Oops, too late. Shark wit. Computer! What's inside a computer? No one really knows. Fighting satire. You can just move along and have a nice day, okay? Okay, I'm not required to have a nice day, officer. And originality. This doesn't make any sense. Shut up. Shut up. Stop, stop, stop. That's why they're doing an all-new show. Corey wrote a 
global bestseller, Heaven is Totes for Reals. Everybody was there. A man with a funny mustache named Hitler. There was no Hitler there. That's not in the book. With Bob and David, an all-new, completely original series. Now, the word dignity, it's not often associated with films about slavery. Well, we don't use that word. Dignity? No, the other word. Films? <laughs> no. Associate. That's a rat! Okay. All right, so All welcome right, back. So we're back from, uh, from our, our break, I guess. We are back from our break. And we are... Where are we? Are we top three now? We are top three of Ooh. the best Netflix series out of all of them because we have each individually watched every single, every, I mean, we not just TV series, everything that is available for streaming on Netflix. We have both watched some twice and taken meticulous notes because all of it for a show of this caliber, you have to prepare. The writer's room is literally solely made out of binders full of notes from every piece of programming. I built my entire house out of it. Oh Those shit. Binders. Now that I'm looking closely it's, at the walls, paper mache. I see paper mache. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, These are all Netflix show notes. Amazing. Yeah. Because so, that's the kind of dedication now, you get with high five. Now, because we're at the top three, that's the room that I've paper mache you know, where we are right now. And this joke is falling apart. Nice. Like yeah. paper mache walls. Oh, shit. Which I'm going to pull down because my number three. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Jay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is Jay's number three. It's because of these paper mache walls. Yeah. I'm going to string Christmas lights on them. Oh. And write the alphabet. Because it's. Because I think Will <laughs> might be in my paper mache walls. Yikes. My number three is Stranger Things. Nice. I. That is shockingly low on your list. I know. But the top two I like better. Okay. And I think it better, but man, Stranger Things, I fucking love. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and put it show. out there. Stranger Things is my number two. Ooh, so nice. once again, same, but one higher, upsies. one louder. You got upsies it's, on me. It's the upside instead of the yeah. upside down. Now, one of the reasons that this is lower on my list is because there's only one season of it. The but there's uh, not. There's two seasons. But we haven't seen the second season. It hasn't come out yet. Yes. Well, that's what I'm saying. So there's only one that I've been able to view. And all the shows above it have multiple seasons and have can have maintained their level of awesomeness through all of them. All right, fair enough. So, number three, yes, Stranger Things, yes. because of course it's on my list. Like, okay, of course it is. Stranger Things was a phenomenal show when it came out. It was sort of one of those that almost snuck under the radar. Totally, it it did actually sneak under the radar basically until the week of its release. And I think you sent me a trailer. Yeah, for I did. It. I was it was way on my radar from a weird trailer that I had found on like perusing one of the movie sites. Somebody had picked it up and said that it looked like a Stephen King adaptation. And they were like, this seems cool. Like the trailer has this kind of cool synthy music and it feels very 80s. It kind of looks like a Stephen King adaptation. And I was like, "Ooh, I'm interested in that. So I watched the trailer and I was just like, this looks kind of fucking awesome. And then I sent it to you. And was like, check this shit out. But you're right. There wasn't a, like a huge push for it when it came out. Definitely nothing like this year. I mean, I think the biggest claim to fame in it was that Winona Ryder right. was in it. And they're like, Winona Ryder does. Well, I mean, and David David Harbour's got himself a little bit of a following. I, I think like so. I think so much. Yeah. He got much more after this. And then especially when they announced Matthew Modine was in it. Yeah, because yeah. everybody knows everybody loves them some Matthew. If Modine. you're not a Modine head, then I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do for you. you. Yeah, we can't but, help you here at High but Five. But yes, 
Well, I, I thought Winona's presence in it was great. I mean, it just like you said, it took me right back to those Amblin days. Oh, for like, sure. It was very much like watching Spielberg I, or John Carpenter or Toby Hooper. I kept like waiting that. for like bat the bad robot logo to like <laughs> pop up in front bad of it. Harry. Yeah, no, no, I was waiting for for JJ Abrams' yeah. name to be all over it because I was like, this straight up feels it's like. like an is eight. this a sequel to Super Eight? Yeah, what is this? Um, but instead, it was the. The two low-key Duffer brothers, man. Man. And again, Who the fuck I knew where they came from? I don't know. I think they had like one thing before this. They had worked on a few other things, but it was just this kind of... What's, and what's really interesting about the show to me is that while I can name... I can rattle off probably 10 or 12 properties from the 80s and those Amblin days that it obviously is homaging and or spoofing for sure it never is so direct about anything that it feels you know pulled from it does it feels very unique even though while feeling extremely comfortable it at doesn't the same time. it doesn't ape anything yeah yeah no so it's I, not like I a totally scary agree. movie like a spoof of other things it's you know they're doing homages to Stephen King. Yeah. Like, you just know. It just feels familiar. Yeah. And I think there's something about that familiarity in a new story that just, it, it this is going to sound so dumb, but it was like, I felt like I was in such a safe place watching it. Totally. Even though there's so many dangerous things were happening on the show, obviously. But for me, I was like, oh, yeah. This is like when I was a kid. And it's kind of got one of those things, too, where it's kind of a lightning in a bottle situation the casting on this is awesome. Like these unknown kids that Man, they cast are good, are fucking amazing. Yeah. Like they're so perfect. And one of them has what's his name, Finn Wolfhart, like some which is like the name. best name ever. And he's in the new It. Like they're they're all gonna blow up. Totally. I mean, Millie Bobby yeah. Brown has already gotten like way big yeah. for for her portrayal as Eleven. I mean, hell, my wife. Myself and our, at the time, one-year-old daughter dressed up as Stranger Things last year for Halloween. Amazing. And we have pictures of our daughter, like, holding a box of waffles with the Millie Bobby Brown look because she had no hair at the time. And it just, it was so, it was easy to, to latch on to. Totally. Um, and, yeah, the, the Duffer Brothers just had some sort of perfect vision for what this could be. I will say that I think people are cribbing off of it already. I was in Barnes and Noble the other day and I saw a book of horror short stories. Yeah. And it's the title of the book was strange things and it was in the exact same font and redness. Do you remember we, uh, you and I were movie shopping for our Bill Murray bingo night and we saw a film collection that was also called like, I think it was also yeah. called like Strange, Strange Things. Things. Yeah. And it was like Eleven's <laughs> horror and sci-fi movies. <laughs> but, Eleven on there. But the, the cover looked exactly like the poster yeah. for Stranger Things. I think it even had like a kid on a bike like looking down a street. It did. And like the font was the Stranger Things font. I was like, what the fuck is They're happening? So, they wanted it so bad to get that connection. But it's a good connection to want. Because totally. And it it didn't really feel like anything else that was on Netflix. I know Netflix has sci-fi shows, you know, like the OA and some of their others, but or since eight, like, but this felt so its own thing. Totally. And well, it, it straddles that line. It's not just straight sci-fi. It's sci-fi horror with like a little bit of fantasy mixed in with it too. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. Like it legitimately, and I, I, you know, I already said this at the top of you listing this, but. It feels so Stephen King 
in its writing. It's a small town. Mm-hmm. It's got like these weird events that are happening. Kid main characters. It features kid, yeah, child main characters. Um, it's kind of a coming of age story a little bit. I mean, you've really got this kind of awesome nostalgia yeah. that's created. It's very pop culture heavy, which Stephen yeah. King is kind of known for incorporating a lot of pop culture references into his stuff to make it feel more right. lived in like a real world. Um, and this very much takes from that. Um, and obviously it's a period piece because it's set in the 80s, which makes it even more easy to get that tone. Totally. And, um, you know, we watched the second season trailer. Oh, so good. And it looks awesome. But, it, I mean, part of the, the first, like, 30 seconds of the trailer is them playing Dragon's Lair in a fucking arcade. And yeah. I'm like, I fucking love Dragon's Lair. Like, this <laughs> is, like with the skeleton animation yeah. when you die. So fucking awesome. And then uh, there's a scene where, you know, they're trick-or-treating. They're dressed as Ghostbusters. Yep. Like, I am so excited because, once again, it's pulling all of those kind of nostalgia yeah. heartstrings. And I'm just like, I love this so much. Well, And another thing that I like about it is that while it does all of that, it also adds elements of kind of like modern touches and spins on stories that you think you're going to know. Like I'll take the, the older sister's story arc, mm-hmm. you know, in, in this uh, poor, poor Barb. But the older mm-hmm. sister, the one that lives, you know, you would obviously think you know exactly where her story is going. And she's dating the jerk, and, and then he turns out to be a jerk, and the, the you know, the shy kid saves her and they go on an adventure together but that's totally not what happens like the no it the totally jerk, subverts that yeah the jerk turn realizes he's a jerk and has actually kind of turns himself around and she goes off in her own direction and just makes her own decisions and the loner kid kind of remains a loner well, yeah. kid and it's it not just, like the guy gets the girl it's just yeah. kind of nobody that's the thing in this nobody gets the girl you right. think you hear you know david harbour and winona Ryder's characters obviously have chemistry and they're both single but they don't end up together the the only person who gets the girl is the jerk kid because he turns into a nice kid at the end right and then even millie bobby brown she gets taken back to the upside down and finn wolfhart doesn't get her either right so yeah totally it is a very um it definitely subverts kind of your trope for something that deals in tropes it subverts a lot of tropes as well exactly which is why again it's it's number three on my list but it just had so much going for it and it was one of those that we did sit down and we binged in one weekend for sure and actually stop watching it's one that i'm going to be binging again yeah in preparation for the second season well i want to know all the the clues absolutely 100 percent. so solid choice man solid number three all right so my number two my number two is orange is the new black okay i okay first off Orange is the New Black was kind of the show that solidified for me that Netflix knew what it was doing with television series. It's okay. one of the earliest ones. I mean, it premiered in 2013. Sure. If that, if, it, it feels so long ago now, everything that's happened since 2013. But I was a fan of Weeds. And I think I even mentioned it uh, in our most let down TV or yes. most depressing TV, TV series finales, right? Um, because I was bad endings a, for yeah. good shows. Because I was such a fan of Weeds, you know, the ending made me sad. But Gingy, the creator of Weeds, is the creator of this show, right? So as soon as I heard she was involved, my my interest was piqued, so to say. And then you know you saw the cast, which was you know Taylor Schilling, who was known but not well known. 
Laura Prepon, who you know I knew from Always Sunny in, in Philadelphia. Um, and then there was uh, I forget the actress's name, but she was, was in, she in that. What I was thinking the seven that seventy. What show. did I say? Always Sunny. Nope. She was uh, <laughs> okay. She was in that. I was 70s like, show. when? It, who is she in? It's Always Sunny. I got lost in my own head. <laughs> no, totally that seventy show. And then the girl that's in American Pie, who I can never remember, Latasha Leone. Oh, uh, N- Natasha. N- Natasha. Leone. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. close. And then, so the actors are great in it. And then when you watch the show, it's so well written and so well realized that it it kind of sucks you in. It's one of those that I would definitely classify as I hate the ter- I hate this term, but dramedy. Sure, you know. Also, don't forget Jason Biggs. Oh yeah, Ooh. He, he was, was also American, American Pie. Pie yeah. He fucked the pie. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He was the American in the American yeah, Pie. Yeah, true. true um, but it was the the shows have such an interesting balance of being very very heavy and serious with huge stakes, but also being very funny at the same time. Totally. And I love the fact that. Uh, Honestly, for me, it got stronger when they moved away from the Piper character, mm-hmm. and now it has this gigantic ensemble. It's one of the largest ensembles that I can think of on television, and everybody is so strong in it. So it just it keeps me coming back every year, and they've done five seasons, and I think they get a little bit better, or at least stay the same quality each and every year. Yeah, um, I mean, I enjoyed this show. Um, it's it's obviously not on my list, Um Mainly for the fact that I I think I only watched two seasons, maybe three of the seasons. I very highly recommend watching these last two seasons. And I just kind of fell off. It was one yeah. of those, once again, that I fell prey to the Netflix yeah. binge watch thing where I just kind of, I started watching it and I was just like, eh, I don't now, feel like finishing this. Now, one thing I'll tell you is that later in the seasons, they get better at making every episode end in a particular way that you're like, well, fuck, I have to see what Watch happens. the next one. Like the first two seasons did that okay. But these last couple, they have got it down to a science. Nice. Because you end an episode and you're like, well, shit, I'm here for another 47 minutes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of one of those that does play well for the, the Netflix binge watch style of program release. Because they're deceptively episodic. There's always these huge arcs that are going on in the season, like with season two that you've seen with the as the band, oh yeah, like absolutely. her rise to power and war with Red. Totally. This last season, Captain Janeway. Yeah, I knew her as Janeway yeah. from Voyager. Um, she. Uh, wait, no, where was I going? Oh, season five, the newest season. The whole storyline, the whole season takes place during a prison riot. Okay. So it lasts like the whole season lasts a total of like twenty nine hours or something like that. Interesting. And everything takes place, so it has a season long arc. But every episode is about like what these people are doing in this hallway and what these what's happening here and how these stories are coming together. And so it's deceptively episodic. So each one feels unique. But there are these very, very concrete through lines that pull you through the season. So, I mean, for me, just the writing of it, the themes that it kind of addresses, the I guess the things I've learned a little bit about the prison system in America due to the show and then my research based off the show. Totally. Man, it's just so good. So it had to be number two for me. Nice. Like I said, I haven't seen enough of it to argue against it. It wasn't on my list mainly because I haven't seen right. enough of it. Um, but I did enjoy what I saw, and I know that it's a huge like cultural phenomenon. Right. So you know that many people can't be that wrong. Yeah, I would agree. Um, now, 
I'm very curious because we technically know your whole list except for number one. Mm-hmm. And we know my whole list except for number one. Mm-hmm. Neither I of do us... not think that your number one will be my number one. Okay. Because I – okay, I'll do my number one. Then. If it is, I will be shocked. Okay. Well, because then... I think you're too much of a stickler for the rules – to have this be to it. have my number one be your number one. Okay, then it's definitely not the same. I'll do my number one, then you can do yours. Okay, my number one, uh-huh. my favorite show that Netflix has ever done uh-huh. is BoJack Horseman. Yep, nope, definitely not my number one. <laughs> I freaking love BoJack Horseman. I think it is one of the best written, uh, funniest shows on Netflix. And I love just about everything about it. I mean, the voice cast with Will Arnett and Aaron Paul and Paul F. Tompkins and Amy Sedaris is it's perfect. Every every cast member is in their perfect voice role. And some of my favorite Aaron Paul work uh, outside of Breaking Bad. Easily. Probably it may be even keel. Better than Need for Speed? Mm. That's a cl- <laughs> That's a close call. All right. But yeah. Wow. Definitely better than Last House on the Left. Ooh. I know. Um, but they make a lot of Breaking Bad references for Aaron Paul's character, which I think is funny. Um, so he just call people bitch a lot? He he has done that, but they talk about like him getting in bad with like Mexican drug dealers. Uh, they talk about his character getting hooked on heroin. Funny. All these different things. Um, Classic comedy. Yeah. But... Well, that and that's actually okay. I'm glad you said that as a joke because it does segue into one of the reasons I love this show is that it is laugh out loud funny, but all of the topics that they deal with are things that classic comedy shows should never deal with. The main character is a failed television star who hates himself and is drinking himself into death, basically. And there's depression, there's suicide, there's like corruption, but for some reason, the way they framed it and the way they've written the characters, the things, the way they go about things is so funny. Um, and it may be because they're animals, a lot of them. Sure. And then they pack so much into the background. Like you can freeze frame almost every single scene in a BoJack Horseman episode. Mm -hmm. And there's at least three or four jokes hit in the background. Interesting. And like animal puns or just like silly things that are like on a on a kitchen table or whatever. Um, but for me, I just don't think that Netflix has reached that level of brilliance on anything else they've done just because of how subversive yet mainstream yet animated and funny and serious. And they had an episode this last season um, called Fish Out of Water. That may be one of the most beautiful episodes of any animated television series ever. Interesting. And so I I cannot recommend BoJack Horseman enough um, for people who haven't seen any of them. Binge watch all three seasons for people who haven't watched them recently or just like thinking, oh, well, I don't remember it being that good. Go back and watch it. I it's it's number one. It was never a question for I've, me. Now, I will say this, and I'm sure this will, you know, you'll be like, nah, you just didn't watch it well enough. I, I watched, like, the first four episodes, three uh-huh. or four episodes, and I just couldn't get into it. I I bet if you watched it with me, it would okay. be different. Maybe. Yeah. We should do that. We'll watch it together, and I will get you hooked on it. All right. That's fine. Yeah. 
So solid number one, man. That's it. You've got a very interesting list. You want to roll back yeah. through it? Uh, okay, so my number five is Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. My number four is Master of None. Nice. My number three is Stranger Things. My number two is Orange is the New Black. And my number one is Bojack Horseman. Old Bojack. So run through your five through two and then tell All us right, your and then we're going to cap it off. All right, so Q's five through twos is number five, With Bob and David. Love it. Number four, Making a Murderer. Mm hmm. Number three, Master of None. Number two, Stranger Things. And my number one, now here's the thing. <laughs> I like that you're prefacing it already. Uh, my number one is a series that existed elsewhere that Netflix picked up and produced its most current season under the banner of being a Netflix original. Okay. 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 And it is not Arrested Development. Okay. It is Black Mirror. Okay. So, that's, you know what, honestly, that's, because for American distribution, right. it's it, a Netflix show. Right, it doesn't exist. And I am also mad at myself that I didn't have that on my list somewhere. Okay, you know me. Yeah. And you know that I'm a huge Twilight Zone fan. And this is basically our generation's Twilight Zone. I would say even some of the segments are just as good. Too. It is it is only um it is the only show that I have ever found that has come close to hitting yeah. the level of quality that I consider the Twilight Zone to be and originality. Right. Um lots there are a ton of anthology series. Oh, of course. There's Especially a ton nowadays. of mediocre anthology series. Um but Twilight Zone always held a really high spot in my heart because it's so smartly written, mm-hmm. and it was such a product of its time um, that that's something that I feel like people were never quite able to get right. right. Um, you could have good writing, um, but the time f- frame felt weird. Like they either leaned too heavy into current time frame so in the 80s you ended up with a bunch of like really cheesy like shitty stuff right or you went the other way and you had like really cool like visual concepts but the writing was just garbage and charlie brooker who created and and wrote the majority of black mirror um i think is and i you know i don't say this lightly i think he is our generation's rod serling my goodness which is high praise. Yeah. High, high, high praise. I think he's a genius. Um, well, he did write m- maybe my favorite episode that they've ever done. Which was? Which was, and I can't remember the name of it, but just got nominated for an Emmy. It was the one about the, the two women in the... the oh, line. San Junipero. San Junipero. I think that's my favorite one they've ever done. It's beautiful. And he wrote that one. I'll not say it's my favorite because it's so hard to pick from my babies. I know <laughs> on this series. I know, but um, so Black Mirror is top of the pops for me because um, of a my love of anthology series, b my love of Twilight Zone, um, and this feels like it. Now, for those who don't know what Black Mirror is, first shame on you because you absolutely should know and you should absolutely go watch this series right now on Netflix. You got. Uh, four seasons to choose from. Um, well, technically three seasons. 
with yeah. a fourth coming. Yeah. And a Christmas special. And a Christmas special, White Christmas, with yeah. John Hamm, which, which is, is great. fucking fantastic. And it uh, and it, it, it relates to like a bunch of the different Several sketches, of the episodes yeah. kind of tie together. Um, so basically, if we're speaking solely on the actual Netflix-produced right. series, um, then we're talking about the most recent, which is season three, which has the episode that you just San referenced, Junipero. San Junipero. Um, it also has one of my favorite episodes called Playtest. Which is oh, about yeah, the, a guy who spider video game. Yeah, or? a guy who uh, goes in to um, to test a, a video game, a virtual, a new virtual reality system featuring a horror game. Yeah, and things go wildly out of control. <laughs> yes, um, they do. and it's so it, and it's it's just once again brilliantly written, but the kind of so Twilight Zone was very sci-fi heavy, mm-hmm. um, but it it felt very of its time. So a lot of the theories and a lot of the mindsets in it were based in the '60s when the right. show was produced. And I feel like Black Mirror is very much the same. Black Mirror, as the the name of the show suggests, is all about technology. Right. So. For those of you who want to dig in deep on the title of the series, a black mirror references a turned off video screen. So it is a black mirror. You're looking into a mirror of yourself, which is fucking first off awesome. Right. Um, but it all all of the episodes deal with a not so distant feeling future. Well, uh, man, the very first episode I ever watched with the the pig fucker. Yep. And that's, the Prime Minister of England. That's not even future tech. That's nope. like this. That's current era. tech. That's current tech. Current tech. Um, another episode that kind of felt like that. Um, let's see if I can find the name of that episode. Was, it was um, one of the newest season where the kid gets like. Yeah. It was. Uh, oh. sh- sh- is it Shut Up and Dance? Yeah. That may that may have been it. Yes. Like, yes. He's, like He's a teenager who's blackmailed. Yeah. That one also not future tech. That basically just uses technology mm-hmm. and shows how it can utterly ruin your life. That one was, oh, that one's a bummer. But all all of the episodes are kind of bummers. Yeah, uh, I would say in spoil heavy spoiler alert, but um, San Junipero is one of the rare episodes that doesn't really end on yeah. a down note. Like it ends on kind of an upbeat note. Bryce Dallas Howard's episode sure ends on a downer note. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. But they all kind of do, and that's what makes them great and feel kind of dirty and subversive right. is because they all end with this kind of like Tales from the Crypt style twist where it's right. like, and everyone was fucked. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like That should be the name of an episode, and everyone was fucked. Yeah, like there's just no like happy ending. There's no little bow on it at the end, you know? Um, but, I mean... So in the fourth season, I mean, excuse me, the third season, you've got that. Um, Bryce, D- Bryce Dallas Howard's episode's called Nosedive. Yeah. Um, and it's basically uh, a reflection on our current obsession with likes. That one was on, the via one social that, media. to me, I felt captured the near-distant future the best. Oh, absolutely. Almost Be- of any movie or property I've ever seen. Basically, um, and for those who haven't seen the episode, but basically the concept is you are your worth is valued off of your likes on yeah. social media. So the less likes you have, um, you can't get credit for a loan. can't get credit, can't get into certain neighborhoods to live. Yeah. You can you can't have a certain job. Like it's it it basically will tank your life. Like right. if people 
I forget what they call it, downvote yeah, you basically or something. Yeah, basically um, then you could end up fucked and like homeless living you can't on the rent street. A, a car. Yeah. Well, you can, but you can yeah, only rent <laughs> shitty cars. Um, it's basically currency. Is yeah. is kind of what it is. It's social currency and and actual currency. And that episode is a perfect example of the plethora of other episodes that are so poignant in regards to our current kind of technological yeah. state and what's going on. I mean, I'll, I'll give it, I'll, I'll give it to you. I mean, like I said, I agree with that choice. I mean, I think that one of the things I love about black mirror is that because every episode is its own thing, I sort of get a different experience every time, but they're always related. They have similar tones and they're always dealing with, you know, technology and the, near future dangers of but exactly. i mean yeah that's why it's I, my number one i love it i i wish that i had thought of it for an honorable mention <laughs> oh, wah, 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 wah. but uh um, so yeah so that's my list man we'll that run is, back through it i will indeed i will do it right now my number five with bob and david my number four making a murderer my number three master of none my number two stranger things and my number one black mirror i i love it I love it too. Let's take a quick uh, break. I'm going to run and grab a drink. And then when we come back, we'll do our Netflix-based game. Let's do it. Jack Horseman, the star of the situation comedy Horsin' Around, is our guest tonight. What have you been doing since the show's cancellation 18 years ago? Uh, I... Um... Shit, Charlie. Is it okay to say shit? Please don't. Okay, sorry. I'm just pretty f***ed up right now. Is it just me, or am I nailing this interview? <sighs> Are you drunk? I weigh 1,200 pounds. It takes a lot to get me drunk. Yes. I'm not calling you as your ex. I'm calling you as your agent. All right, there's no need to get... What, caddy? Are you gonna say caddy? I was not gonna say caddy. All right, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say caddy. You're dating him. Yes. This is your boyfriend. That is correct. Uh Uh-huh. This penis has been inside this vagina. Yep. But in a sexual way. Yes. Even though you don't want anyone to know it, you secretly have a good heart. You'll never guess who's here. Bojack Horseman. He got a little fatter, but it's definitely him. I thought maybe for one night, I could go out to a bar and try to forget about myself. But no! And maybe because you're pretty, you're used to getting away with things. But you are a horrible person. You think I'm pretty? That was a regrettable life choice. What'd you say? I was tweeting about all the weird stuff you do in bed. Are you beverage? Yeah, let's do it. You're, refre- you're <laughs> I refreshed. Am, I am freshed and read and I don't know. None of that nope. makes sense. Mm-mm. But I have a drink and I'm ready to do this. Let's do this. Then. How about how what about are we, that? What are we doing, Game Master? All right. Well, this game, uh, we actually went back and forth on this a lot because we couldn't really figure out that perfect Netflix game that we wanted to play. But we decided, you know, Netflix was such a... No, you're good. Oh, uh, Netflix was such. Should I start over? Mm-hmm. Okay, you were making a weird face of me. Mm-hmm. You don't like where I'm going with this. No, I do. I love okay. it. Uh, you know, we want to know what that next thing is going to be. Yes. But 
because branding is important, we have to keep it related to something that everyone's familiar with, which is Netflix. Correct. So what we're going to be doing is pitching the next great streaming and or other type of service um, that's not Netflix. Yes. And we call this game Notflix. Perfect. So uh, we'll just go back and forth, and you have to pitch me the name of a company, a service, or something, or an app, and then tell me what it does. And it can't be Netflix. Got it. You want to start it off? Um, I, yes, I'll start it off. Okay, give give him an example. And so I'll... my first one is Chetflix. Okay, and it is all movies that were curated by that kid in high school that you went to high school with named Chet. What if he didn't go to high school with Chet? No, you did. I did. Yeah. Okay. You totally did, and his taste in movies is really weird. Fair enough, and that's, that's it. That's so Chetflix. Every the only movies you can watch yeah. are what Chet wants you to watch. All right. All right. I like it. Uh, I think mine is going to be called Neatflix. Okay. And it's going to be uh, all movies that are uh, curated by people like Beaver Cleaver's family. <laughs> so they're just like, these are real neat. These, these are, neat. are these are neat flicks. I like is that is that next to their uh, their offshoot nifty box? It is. <laughs> okay, yes, like 100%. That. Uh, so my next one, uh, let's see, um, the, um, uh, let's do Wetflix. Mm-hmm. So Wetflix is a service that you need. It delivers tap water straight to your house for nine ninety five a month. And that's it. That's it. Just in an is it in an envelope? No, it's through your pipes. Amazing. <laughs> so they're the water company, yeah. basically. No, no, it's not. It's more expensive than the water company. Okay, excellent. Uh, mine is called Petflix. And it's not what you think it is. I don't know what it is. Um, what it is is you pay seven ninety nine a month, and a a small man will get mailed to your house, and he'll pay you <laughs> <laughs> for a predestinated amount of time. And you well, put, it depends on which package you have. Right. The seven ninety nine a month is just a quick pet. It is. It's no, no. It's 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 in terms of severity of petting. No. So you have like light petting. And then if you if you up it to the fourteen ninety nine you get heavy petting, <laughs> you know. I like that a lot. And then if you up it to the sixteen ninety nine at your own risk package, <laughs> you get the you get the Linny from of mice and men. <laughs> so you run, is it just called the Linny? <laughs> yeah, it's what it's called the Linny package. No and one really just, gets that. You just run the risk of potential death from heavy petting. <laughs> but the, the thing about that is, he actually brings Watership down and watches it while he's doing it. <laughs> so, which makes it even worse. Look at the bunnies. Okay. Look at the bunnies. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if I can beat that, but my next one is Checks Flicks. Mm hmm. And it's where you pay. Sounds dangerously close to Chetflix. <laughs> no checks. I know what it is. Is you pay eleven fifty a month, and once a month, a stranger will break into your house and mix all of your food together in a giant bag. Check, <laughs> checks mix style. Checks flicks. All right, I like yeah. that. Uh, my next one's called Recflix. <laughs> okay. And uh, for seven ninety nine a month, people just fuck your shit up. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Just people come to your house and just fuck your shit up. While listening to Limp Biscuit. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, and all they do it for is the nookie. Exactly. For one nookie a month. Uh-huh. 
Um, my next one is um, is Netflix. Uh huh. And it's just that guy at the bar who really likes the Mets hangs out at your house for eight ninety nine a month and talks about how great the New York Mets are. Nice. I really like yeah. that. Uh, Whether you're a fan or not. My my next one is called Netflix. And for seven ninety nine a month, they charge you seven ninety nine a month. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You just slowly, <laughs> you just slowly go into debt over it. <laughs> There's a premium. Yeah, it's, it's a premium for the premium service. It's Netflix. <laughs> that may be my favorite one. It's what they do. That that definitely may. I think it's just that's even their tagline. It's just it's Netflix. It's what we do. It's what we do. I don't. That's that's the best one. There's nowhere to go from that. Cool. You win. Good. <laughs> you you hands down win that game. Yay! <laughs> I love it. This was fun, man. It was fun. I really like this. Um, we should talk more about more Netflix stuff. We I should. think we need to have an upcoming episode that should be like worst Netflix. But I think, you know, at the beginning of the episode, we talked about other streaming services. And I would like people to tell us which streaming service we should do next. Yeah. Okay. So let's put it out there for audience vote. Hulu shows or Amazon shows Mm -hmm. next. Yep. Just let us know. And for the the two of you that may watch it, crackle. (laughs) (laughs) Was it just like five comedians in cars getting coffee? That's it. It's five episodes, and then the Dan Harmon show. I don't know if you saw that. No, that's that's not Harman even on Town? that. Harmon is that on Crackle? The one where you I thought that D&D? was on. Uh, no, no, no. That's on um, CISO. Oh, that's right. That's CISO. That's a bunch of good ones. But that's CISO. all. CISO is through Amazon. Okay, so technically, so that would count. kind of Amazon. Okay, so Amazon CISO or Hulu. So vote on Twitter. Um, you can actually reach us at at high then the number five. Mm-hmm. And then the podcast. <laughs> Not just the number. <laughs> no, no. So hi, number five, the podcast yep. on Twitter. Or Facebook at high, uh, facebook.com slash high five the podcast. All letter rows, no numeros. And then on our website, which is high five the podcast.com. So, uh, or you can send us an email at my five at high five the podcast. Once again, all letters, no numbers. And let us know which one you want us to do next because. Um, I mean, honestly, we could do another episode on Netflix shows because we didn't talk about Lady Dynamite nope. at all, which is it's a great a show. dynamite show. Um, and, there, <laughs> uh, and there were a bunch more that are just so good that I felt terrible leaving off. So, you know, let's dive into some other streaming services and see what they have to offer. Also, I want our audience to tell us. Don't forget to tell the folks to check us out on Letterboxd. Lezer- Letterboxd? Lezer- Laserboxd. Man, Laserboxd would be a great service. Uh, no, Letterboxd. Letterboxd. L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D. You can check out uh, some awesome movie reviews. You can see what we rated some of our lists, yep. how they're ranked, and then you can tell us how you rank yours. Yeah. Um, so give us a follow on there. And then lastly, if you are in and or around the Nashville area, either the, fir- the first Sunday of every month or the last Wednesday, there are events hosted by High Five going down at the Crying Wolf in East Nashville. And actually, if you're listening to this episode the day it's released, we have one of these, epi- we have one of these events coming up in two days. On Sunday. It Sunday. is going to be the first, uh, first Sunday in August. We are going to be at the Crying Wolf, and we're going to be doing one of our famous High Five home movie nights. And where that's where we screen old VHS copies of movies that you should care about on VHS. Yes. And this month, we are premiering, not premiering, but we are screening 
Condor Man. Ooh, you so, know it, you love it. You it's need to get some of it. You need to get <laughs> <laughs> you need some of it. Uh, so put on your best jammies. Come on down to our makeshift living room that we build at the back of the Crying Wolf. And each we're gonna watch month. some fun movies together. And we're gonna eat popcorn and we're gonna braid each other's hair yeah. and it's gonna be a great time. Four dollars gets you in the door and some and free popcorn. Shit. And so bring yourself, bring your friends, bring some people you don't like. Hide your kids, <laughs> hide your wife. <laughs> but let's make it a party and let's have some fun. We'll see you there. All right. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.